0: From Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Hi, everyone. I am Nasreen, the news editor at Islamic Finance News, and you are listening to the IFN Podcast. In this episode with me today is Asad Qayyum. Managing Partner at Omani Law Firm, MAQ Legal, with a focus on all sectors and especially in the capital markets. Thank you so much for joining us today, Asad.
1: Thank you, Nasreen. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So Oman's Islamic finance industry seems to have had a good year or a few good years even. Um, There have been some updated regulations, some new products in the market, and there are some more in the pipeline from the regulators and the industry players. It's a very interesting Market and everyone is looking at Oman. Maybe you could talk to us about um, one of these new um, initiatives. Uh, I understand that the government uh, recently held a Sharia compliant liability management exercise. Maybe you could talk to us about the structure, how it was implemented, uh, the relevance uh, for the is- Islamic finance market, and so on.
1: Sure. Um, thank you, Nasreen yeah i mean uh, j- just on your initial comment the well, what i'd say is islamic finance had has a fantastic uh, growth story in oman it's just completed uh, a decade um for, since its formal introduction and it just keeps going from strength to strength and one of the reasons behind that is the regulators the government's support and backing to make sure that um, it continues that trajectory So one of the initiatives for using one of the Islamic finance tools, essentially, that the government uh, recently undertook is, as you mentioned, it's a liability management exercise. So um, the main purpose behind liability management, uh, just for the listeners, is to reduce the government's debt levels, essentially, and generate cost savings in terms of profit and interest payments that the government has to make under bonds or sukuk. And essentially smoothen the maturity curve or profile of the government. And it has a knock on effect that these are all the key metrics that rating agencies look at as well, which then translates into upgrades in ratings. And as a result of all the initiatives that have been taken by the government recently, Fitch. Um, all the rating agencies have been periodically upgrading Oman. Fitch recently upgraded Oman to, I believe it's double B positive in September this year with a stable outlook. So in terms of um, the liability management exercise, this is the second time that Oman has done it. Uh, but there is something different in this one. So the first one was last year in June where the government essentially decided to buy back 701 million USD of debt across euro bonds. And what that resulted in last year, it is estimated is at about 230 million US dollars cost savings for the government just by buying the debt earlier and not having to pay those profit payments. This time around, what's different is that apart from the euro bonds and the conventional bonds, the government went ahead and made an offer to buy back um one of its sukuk issuances as well ahead of the maturity this was the i believe it was the u.s dollar two billion sukuk issuance which is due to mature next year and in addition to that they also said that they'll buy back other bonds as well and where this has um ended up is that the government has essentially bought back about 180 million of sukuk ahead of maturity and about 550 million US dollars worth of bonds, conventional ahead of maturity as well. And I think this is going to translate into a similar um, cost saving for the government in terms of profit and interest payments. The benefit of this obviously is for, for everyone to understand that why does a government do that? It basically takes eases pressure on the government on payments And it can basically allocate funds moving forward more readily to the development of other projects, which in turn will help Oman's drive for diversification. Um, As a result of these exercises, debt levels have fallen significantly in Oman. And this would definitely not have been possible without um, the fiscal consolidation and the reforms and governance which have been spearheaded by His Majesty. Oh. um through the Debt Management Office of the Ministry of Finance.
0: Is this a common transaction? I mean, in other jurisdictions, do we see this in other places?
1: Um, Not as much. I mean, you do. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that other countries don't do it or anything. It just seems to be that countries, the way the economy has been recently and everything, especially for countries which are not oil and gas centric, focus needs to be more on buy has appears to be more on borrowing as opposed to paying back debts so certainly within the region it does happen every now and then in oman this is only the second time this has happened and it just shows the strength of the economy and the vision moving forward
0: great thank you let's talk about oman's first ever islamic ipo what can you tell us about this and if i'm not mistaken Oman is still yet to release some regulations for Islamic IPOs. I'm not sure. Please correct me if I'm if I'm wrong. But could you tell me a little bit about how this was achieved, uh, the first ever Islamic IPO? What were the challenges for you and your team? How did you guys overcome it? Some highlights of the transaction.
1: Sure. Um, you, you, well, I'll take your second question first. Um, you're absolutely right. There are no regulations which govern sharia compliant ipos there are extensive regulations around ipos but nothing that basically dictates what constitutes a sharia compliant ipo so um and i'll I'll contrast this with the Abraj ipo which happened in march which was a purely conventional ipo essentially and it which was a huge success and on the back of this, now um, the OQ, which is a, which is a company owned by the Oman Investment Authority, the sovereign wealth fund of Oman, is now undertaking its privatization drive to the next stage, and it's divesting about forty nine percent of its shareholding in uh, one of its other premier assets, which is a gas transportation company, OQ Gas Networks. Um, I will be a little bit careful on what i say because this transaction is currently live um yesterday uh, i believe on the fifth the retail subscription period uh closed and there's still a couple of days left for the institutional um subscription period to within which it's accepting orders and then it will close and then from a timing perspective what we're looking at is by the By the end of next week, pricing would have been announced. And then by the middle to end of this month, listing would have taken place. So um, a lot of the information I will share is public information because the prospectus is out there for everyone to review. Um, Our role um, as MAC Legal, we had advised on the Abraj IPO as sole Oman Law Council. And in this transaction, we're advising as um, Oman Law Council Um, to the joint global coordinators, uh, essentially the banks um, who are uh, structuring and advising on this IPO. Um, So just taking you very quickly through um, the the, the transaction essentially involves, as I said, OQ selling about 49% of its shareholding uh, into two essential tranches where one constitutes about 70% of the total offering which is available to institutional investors with thirty the remaining 30% being made available to individuals like retail investors. Um, The reason that this IPO um, is very relevant to our discussion, again, to IFN, is that this IPO is the first major equity transaction in Oman, which is Sharia compliant. And given that the expected size of this IPO um you know there there are estimates that it will end up raising approximately 770 million US dollars if priced at the top end of the price range then having a look at that this company will easily um become the largest issuer on the muscat sec- uh, stock exchange sharia index so um in terms of sharia compliant what the prospectus provides is that it includes a pronouncement from Sharia Review Bureau, uh, which confirms that based on the circumstances and the facts put before the Review Bureau Bureau, on the date of the prospectus, they found that the offering is compliant with Sharia standards as set out by AOFI. uh, And the important thing to note is that it is AOFI standards which are adopted in Oman as well. So it's that fatwa essentially which um, sets out the fact that this is a Sharia compliant IPO. While there may not be any specific regulations around Islamic IPOs, but given that Oman adopts AOFI standards and we have a fatwa which has been given as per AOFI standards, that's what makes this um, IPO Sharia compliant. Now, before listing happens, there will be an independent assessment undertaken by the Muscat Stock Exchange as well. In terms of this, uh, whether the fatwa qualifies and whether, you know, it's sufficient for Sharia compliant purposes. And we do expect that that will go through. And uh, by the end of this month, we will have the, the largest IPO um, in Oman, which is Sharia compliant.
0: Okay, well, um, I'm going to bring us back a little bit to the uh, Sukuk market once more. Uh, I want to talk about the energy development Oman's Sukuk. That was a success. And that MAQ legal was also a part of. Given that EDO has a special focus on renewable energy, according to, um, you know, their, their mission and their vision, I was wondering it would, if it would have been good for them or it, if it would be good for them to issue a green or sustainable sukuk. What do you think about a possible green sukuk coming out of EDO, um, would you, do you think that the green or sustainable Sukuk framework that everyone is waiting for is going to be released anytime soon? And do you think that that would be a factor?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, um, so th- j- just commenting on the EDO Sukuk, so I, I know you guys have covered this as well extensively. It's been a huge success for EDO where it established its Sukuk issuance program and undertook the debut issuance. And I believe... It was five times oversubscribed now for a Sukuk issuance of $1 billion um, size and being your debut issuance. And for it to be oversubscribed by five to six times with, I understand the investor base ranging from across the globe, from Europe, UK, Middle East, Asia, US, you name it, every jurisdiction was in there with an interest to invest in that. So that really bodes well for EDO in particular where it basically you know it's just entered the market with this um now it is time to look at it in a lot more detail and i do think that edo is one of those companies which has the mandate to promote sustainable and green uh energies it also owns uh hydrogen Oman, which is focusing a lot under his majesty's instructions focusing hugely on um, green investment so it is definitely a natural player and these projects one of the avenues naturally available to them would be to fund them through green issuances i i do think that on the back of the success of this to and the global focus on esg it's only a matter of time until we see green and sustainable sukuk coming from within oman we we were actually about a year or so ago working on a sustainable issuance, which has since been suspended. Hopefully, it'll come back to market. But from EDO's perspective, given its mandate as you know, you said as as I have confirmed as well that for mandate for renewable energy and its ownership of hydrogen Oman, I do think that they would be looking at the green cook in the future. As for The new bond and Sukuk regulations, they are a robust legislation and framework. They essentially build on what's already out there in terms of the framework, but it just consolidates the law and provides this sustainable issuance and green and blue bond uh, frameworks in there as well. Uh, There is a responsible investment bond and Sukuk issuance framework in there as well. We are expecting it. We we were expecting it to be issued a bit earlier. We do expect that it'll come to market before the end of the year. Um, once you build that framework, it does provide a lot of investor confidence. And for companies as well who are seeking to undertake these kind of issuances, they are able to see and be better informed as to what the requirements are and the criteria they will have to meet for these issuances. So certainly in response to your question, With this framework being there, it will only encourage these kind of issuances and uh, facilitate them. Until then, we, we are very fortunate that we have a fantastic regulator here in Oman Capital Markets Authority. We were issuing Sukuk before even the Sukuk regulations had come out. So they understand the needs of the market. Until then, if anyone wanted to take a green Sukuk or a blue Sukuk to market, I'm sure the CMA would facilitate that. But once these regulations are out, it will only help and um, spur investor confidence and interest from issuers as well.
0: Uh, my next question is very much connected to this. Like you said, the Omani sukuk market is a very interesting one. I was just uh, speaking to uh, some players recently. We were talking about the first perpetual sukuk um, that we saw from Oman and the first from a takaful company, the first retail sovereign sukuk. It sounds like the market itself is very open to new products, innovation, and so on. I wanted to ask if you could maybe share some of your insights on the Sukuk market, maybe what you think we can expect in terms of trends and opportunities from the Omani Sukuk market, and perhaps what you yourself would like to see more of.
1: Yeah, I mean... um... I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of my wish list. What I would really like to see, and I do see this coming is innovation because, um, we will continue to see Sukkot from Oman. I mean, that definitely is going to be happening in the coming year. Uh, we are currently working on, I believe, I, I think about four issuances, um, you know, local and international. A few of these should be innovated in terms of innovative in terms of the structures, which are going to move away from the conventional Ijara structure, which has been used over the past few years. And the the intent is obviously innovation also comes from the kind of assets that you have sometimes and the timeline you're working towards. Sometimes it's always easier just to go, uh, with an Ijara sukuk, uh, because it's tried and tested. But then we do have clients who have varied assets which are to be used for the Sukuk issuances, which enable us to structure it in a more innovative way. One of these things, as we've just discussed, is also um, uh, on the horizon, the issuance of green or sustainable Sukuk. Uh, We've been waiting for these regulations. But as these come out and a lot of the green hydrogen and sustainable investment projects take off, which is a huge focus in Oman right now, um, the buzzword, the keyword which they're coming good on as well in terms of green hydrogen projects and everything and putting out these concessions to tender, it's only natural that one of the major avenues of funding for these would be Sukuk. So, um, I mean, in, in summary, we should expect to see more Sukuk next year, which in my view should be interesting in terms of new structures and the types of issuances uh, that will come to market.
0: Excellent. Well, that's our time. Assad. thank you again so much for being here with us today.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.